0: Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.
1: 3-1 to Ryan Howard.
2: Well here to the opposite field. Out of
3: here! 3 ride Number 58 for the big man. Move over double X. Ryan has joined you.
1: 58 home runs and the Phillies lead it four to nothing. The most in Philadelphia baseball history. Oh, Goosebumps,
2: Jody McDonald, Goosebumps. That is. 2006, Ryan Howard having one of the great seasons anybody ever had in a Phillies uniform, his 58th home run of the season, franchise record. Things were looking great, and per one of our friends, I'll get to this in a second, one of the great calls in Phillies history, this hour is sponsored by Meridian Bank. Business banking at its best. Visit them at meridianbanker.com. Jody, you and I knew our next guest when he was just kind of a slob
1: of a uh, producer for us, right? Way back in Uh the day. Uh, Has that much changed over the years? We know it was 16 years ago that Ryan Howard hit that home run. It was 16 years ago that, uh, yes, he was working with us on a day-in, day-out basis. And I thought that much has changed.
2: Well, he's now listening. He's now got the the Snow the Goalie podcast, the Press Row show. He's actor, director, star by night. Anthony Sanfilippo is our guest. How are you doing, pal?
3: Well, you know, I was sitting here, guys, right before the break, um, sympathizing with your previous caller because when I was your remote producer, I used to get that hairy eyeball from Glenn
2: pretty much every 10, 15 minutes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can do it. I, I, I definitely can express anger without saying a word. It's why you've trained me to be a thespian, Anthony, and I appreciate it. There that. you go.
3: There you go. All
2: right, so you are doing a bra- a, a terrific project for what website? For crossingbroad.com. There you go. There you go, where you are doing the 50 greatest calls in Philly's history. Before we get to some of them, it turns
1: out Jody's got a little bit of a problem with this.
2: Uh-oh. Yeah, here we go.
1: I, I said this earlier that uh, it, it's it's very entertaining and yeah, I can't wait for the next group to come out. You've released it in uh, groups and you're teasing everybody. It's very well done, but I just can't believe it's you that it's as good as it is and you are the deciding <laughs> factor for this to put them in the order that it is. That's my only question. Uh, how have you done such a good job? Well, thanks, Joey. I, mean, I, appreciate, I appreciate the confidence. <laughs> that's a, that's um, kind of a
3: double-edged you know, sort of
2: a question. It,
3: yes. Yeah no, it, the, the, the point of it is, is that it, it actually started from just a – I was having a conversation with both of my sons a few weeks back, just kind of like you know, talking about um, great Phillies calls. And so I started thinking about it. I started going to make a list, and I was originally just going to make a list of the top ten. And when I sat down about an hour later, I had a list just from memory of 34 – um, and then I thought, man, if I could come up with that many off the top of my head, maybe this would be a good little series for the website. And then, of course, Sunday came, and last Sunday when they beat the Angels, and those two calls were fantastic, both on uh, TV and radio. And I reached out to Kevin Kincaid, our, our editor at the site, and I said, "Hey, Kev, I mean, I have this list. Of just, what do you think?" And he said, "Absolutely, let's go. It's really timely." And so it just it just worked. I did a little bit more research to get it up to up to fifty. Um, and then I just decided to rank them based on the calls themselves, not so much the moments, uh, but just basically the, the wording that was used, the, the emotion of the moment uh, for the, for the uh, broadcasters. And then, of course, as we get down to the top 20 here, I think you guys will agree that when you remember a call and you remember the actual line that was used and it, it's referred to by that line even to this day,
4: yeah. I think
3: that's what makes it great because you remember that. Right? All right. So
2: that's where we're going to be getting to in the top 20. All right. Well, uh, so you you doing them, as Jody said, in uh, groups of 10. You started, I guess, Wednesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. You'll pick it up Monday. I want to play one of them. This is the end of Roy Halladay's perfect game uh, against the Marlins. Uh, Vince, fire it up. Back
1: up onto the mound. Huh? Tucks the baseball in his right hand. Now into the glove. Holds it in front of the letters. Nods yes the wind. The 1-2 pitch. Swinging a ground ball left side. Castro's got it. Spins. Throws. Yeah. He got him. A perfect game for Roy Halliday. 27 up and 27 down. Halliday is mobbed at the mound as the Phillies celebrate perfection tonight in Miami. All right.
2: Amazing job by Scott Fransky. You hear a little L.A. percussion in there. Uh, I think you and I were in the same place when that game was pitched.
3: Yeah, and the thing, Jody, is that we were in um, Chicago the same night, and we did not, I did not see one pitch of it when it happened, nor did you, because we were at game one of the 2010 Stanley Cup final between the Flyers and the Blackhawks. And the story that I tell him in there was really kind of an interesting one. Is I was working for the Daily Times, Delaware County at that time, and I was sitting next to my sports editor, Rob Perrin, who was there covering the, the finals as well. And I pointed it out to him in like the fourth or fifth inning, and he was like, "God, ah, it's still too early to worry about it. By the seventh thing, it was like, okay, what do we put on the back page tomorrow? Do we put Halliday's perfect game? Or do we put game one of the Stanley Cup final? And, you know, we had decided, I guess, you know, if, if they both, if it happened, and then the Flyers won, it would be a split back. Um, but if the Flyers lost the perfect game happened, it was going to be all Doc. And it was the right call. It was absolutely the right call because, what, there's only been 21 or 22 in the history of the game? That was number 20. It was only the second one in the history of the Phillies. Um and, and, look, I don't want to take anything away from Tom McCarthy's call. McCarthy got a great call as well. The thing that I love about Fransky's call there, Glenn and Jody, is that you know it's a big moment when Scott starts describing, like, second by second, and he's talking about how he, he's holding the ball and he's holding it in his glove in front of him. And it, when Doc threw the no-hitter, he, he identified the time of day, yes. and, you know, where they were at. I mean, it, things like that are, are what makes you remember the call. That's why it was such a such an iconic call. He's setting management.
2: up. The, he's setting up the historical moment. He's smart enough yeah. to do that.
1: Yeah. All right, Anthony. Yeah. Let me go a little inside baseball on you, um, yeah. because you did a, as I said, shockingly so to me. You've done a phenomenal job with this, um, and you're going back and forth between radio and television calls. They're two distinctly different calls. Your job as a radio broadcaster is different than it is of a play-by-play guy doing television because you've got pictures to tell some of the story. And if you're just continually talking over it, you might be judged as a guy who talks too much. Whereas on the radio, you need to put every single aspect of the call in its proper perspective. How did you balance that in your own mind, comparing a radio call to a television call of the same moment?
3: Yeah, and you're 100% correct, because in, in, you have to paint a little bit different of a picture, you use different colors, I, I would say, if you're trying to make a, uh, give, give it an image. You have to give, use different colors on the radio than you do on television, right? Because you have the assistance of, being, of, of the audience being able to see what's happening uh, when you're on TV. Although there are times on television where you're seeing something because it's not quite on camera yet. So In the moment, you might be describing something that the audience hasn't seen yet, so there is that, that delicate balance as well. But you're right, overall, the radio call is a little bit, you have to be a little bit more, uh, give a little bit more to it because they can't see it at all uh, and, and won't until they get in front, of a, in front of a TV or in front of their computer later. Whereas on television, yeah, there's a real chance that they're watching right there with you. Uh, but the, the, I think the excitement build on television, which is what made Harry so great um, as, a, as a broadcaster, is he, he, would, he was so good at anticipating what was going to happen. I, I think I pointed it out in um, uh, one of the inside the park home runs by Bobby Brave uh, mm. on the list, mm-hmm. that he it's a fly ball to center. As soon as that kicks off the center fielder's glove, you, Harry knows at that moment this could end the ball game, And so you could feel the, 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 the building of it to the climax. And then, of course, there's a play at the plate and he goes crazy. So it's, it's just uh, identifying and understanding the moment and where it fits in the game, and I, you have it, it takes a special gene, I think, for broadcasting. And we've had some great ones here in Philadelphia.
2: We have. Uh, let me play one more that you put in there. It's a it's a Harry moment, uh, uh-huh. and it's it's the Aaron Rowan face yeah. against the outfield wall catch. Uh, Kyle, fire that one up.
1: Hit to deep center field. Rowan back. Are you kidding me? Oh, what a catch. What a great, great, perhaps game-saving catch by Aaron Rowan. An incredible play by Rowan.
2: Well, first of all, I like that the band is playing music as, as they do this. Uh, <laughs> but... I mean, you're so right. It's kind of what Jody said and what you picked up, which is with Harry and with Fransky, you hear their voices pick up when it's about to be a great moment, and it just pulls you in as a viewer or a listener. And that, that to me, I mean, I, I think most people remember the play. So when Aaron Rowan caught the ball, slammed into the outfield fence, held the ball, did the whole for who, for what, for the, the fans, for my teammates, and made him a hero forever.
3: Yeah, what I love the most about that call, Glenn, is that, you know, that's kind of towards the end of, you know, Harry, didn't, Harry hadn't lost his fastball, but it was, it was no longer 97. It was probably like 94 at that point, right, um, at, towards toward the end of his career. And so the, the way that the play unfolds, he, I don't think he was 100% sure at the moment that Rowan caught it that he held onto the ball. And I think Larry Anderson really helps in this, in this case by saying, oh, what a great catch, because yep. it allows Harry to give that extra second to think about how he 's going to now describe the fact that Rowan made the catch, and so that 's great work as a team there, and I think that's that 's what makes the call so good is Harry has it built l a helps him, but, but doesn 't go too far, and Harry then takes it the rest of the way i think that 's what makes the call so special
1: and Anthony, over the entire fifty uh, call list, and we've still got a couple more to wait to be able to compare it to a bunch of different uh, color analysts on both the radio and the TV side. So you get to comp them in a little bit. Uh, how much did you lean on what that you're right in that call? We just played, it was short. It was sweet. It was so to the point. It was perfect with LA. How much did the color analysts contribution factor into the way you put the list together? Well,
3: yeah, I, I think a lot of times, Joe, if I was, if I was debating between uh, two or three calls, and there was a color analyst uh, contribution to it, I, I favored the, that call over another because of the color analyst adding, adding something to it that's, that's really unique and really special. Um, uh, I think that the uh, Gary Matthews home run in the 1983 World Series, for example, Whitey Ashburn says um, he just stood there and looked at it. And it's interesting because nowadays... When somebody hits a home run, they all stand there and look at it, right? Walking in 1983, that wasn't a thing, right? That was not a thing to kind of admire your home run. Um, And so him pointing that out, and again, that's a radio call because that was the NLCS, so that was national television. So that's a radio call. So for him to point that out is really kind of like, oh, wow, how about that, that he looked at it and added something that you couldn't see. So so I think in those cases where it was close between two or three, if if the color analyst gave me something, I went with them, uh, I moved that a little bit higher.
2: Anthony Sanfilippo, I guess you can follow him on Twitter at AntSanPhilly. You can read this on Crossing Broad. All right, couple, a couple of quick things. Um, it's mostly Harry and Franski, um, Whitey, L.A., I'm trying to think of some, some Tom McCarthy on TV, but a couple other broadcasters kind of snuck their way in from Philadelphia and from elsewhere, Correct.
3: Yeah, I mean, so far on the list, I mean, I think you got a you got a Chris Berman, um, which I thought was a great call because it was back before he was mainstream. It was back Just when ESPN he was, was still kind of in its yeah, it was kind of its earlier days. Berman uh, call in there, um, I, and I can promise you that there's a couple more. We had the, uh, I guess on the list we had the uh, the one that's going to be on part of your show tomorrow. As a matter of fact, uh, the Jim Rooker call. It wasn't yes. even a great call, but it was the whole <laughs> if they if they if they blow this game, I'll walk home. <laughs>
4: um,
3: and then the Phillies come back from a ten nothing deficit, and you know he had to walk back from Philadelphia. To yeah, we, so. we do.
2: We we celebrate that one uh, tomorrow. Uh, yeah,
3: so, I mean, so said there are there are calls, and I will say and I think I had the first one yesterday, but there are a few calls on this list that maybe weren't in favor of the Phillies, but occurred in a
2: Phillies game. Oh, and, uh, can I, I do? Can I do the line? All ahead. the runs are unearned, but so what? Yeah, <laughs> every Phillies fan video. remembers that. It was, it was a home run off of Wagner. What year was that? Two
3: thousand five, I believe, was that that was. Yeah, two thousand
2: five.
1: Yeah, yeah. All right, <laughs> so. Anthony. Yeah. Hold, on, hold on
2: before you before you go, Jody. Cut. Okay. Go for it, Kyle. <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> I had just, tried had to, put, had, just had to, had, had
2: to put it in. That is yeah, outstanding.
1: Absolutely. All right, Anthony, very much looking to the uh, forward to the end of the list. What we got gotcha, you? We got to get a uh, flyer question or two in with you. Uh, sure. Which one is going to happen first? Rob Thompson will lose a game that he manages, or the Flyers will name their next head coach. <laughs> If I had to put a bet on that,
3: Jimmy, I would say Rob Thompson will lose a game before the Flyers pick the coach. And the only reason I'm going to say that is, um, you know, there's only a couple days here left um, before the start of the Stanley Cup Final next week, and the NHL kind of has a unwritten rule that you know you don't break any news for your own team to, t- to distract from the Stanley Cup Final. So I think the teams would have to wait to announce all the coaching hirings until after the Stanley Cup was over. Uh, so that's why I would suggest that that's going to go on a little bit longer than, than Rob uh, Thompson's streak is here for the Phillies. Um, but it is possible. I mean, who knows? I mean, I, I think that there's one big uh, domino that needs to fall, and that's Barry Trotz deciding where he wants to coach. Uh, and it could be here. I don't think the Flyers are the favorite. But I think that they're still in the kind of in the mix uh, for him, and and once he makes that call, makes that decision, I think that's when we'll see all the teams in the NHL because there's five or six openings right now. I think that it'll be one right after another, after another, after another at that point.
2: All right. So if I had to bet on one guy for the Flyers at this point, uh, and I, let's see, candidates are trots, as you said, John Tortorella, Jody's favorite guy. Jody has a great Tortorella story. We'll tell that later. Uh, local favorite Jim Tockett, uh, Paul, uh, Bruce Cassidy, right, the Bruins coach, got fired. Yeah, yeah. Anybody else I'm leaving out?
3: Well, they've, they've interviewed a few. I mean, um, I would say that first and, foremost, first and foremost, I'll say this just so I know it's going to upset a lot of local fans, but Rick Tockett will not be the next head coach. Okay. Uh, I can tell you that with 100% certainty. But I think that if Barry Trotz says no, I, I, I would lean – Hardly toward Tortorella, from what I've been able to glean. From what I've been able to glean from a number of people, there's just a lot of people in the organization who like him, who want him here. I'm not sure Chuck Fletcher, who's the general manager, thinks he's the next best choice, but there's so many other people who like him, and he wants. The the most important thing is, guys, he wants this job Mm. more than any other. Like Mm. the the other coaches that they're interviewing, they're interviewing elsewhere, and they're saying, well, Flyers might be number two or number three on the list. No, no. For Tortorella, the Flyers are number one, and As so a, I, I think that's a good matchup, and I think that that's probably where they would where they would go next if Trot says no.
2: As a All member right. of the Philadelphia yeah. media, how do you feel about that?
3: I would be for us. It would be fantastic.
2: Okay. It would be, it would Jody, be like sorry. bringing
3: Ken. It would be like bringing Ken Hitchcock back.
2: Okay. Like it would. Be, Jody, that,
3: it would be good.
2: You got a last right. question,
3: Joe? Yeah.
1: Last thing. Um, you said talk it not happening. Because the Flyers have determined he's not their guy, or Rick Tockett has determined the Flyers aren't his uh, most uh, favorable landing spot?
3: I think Tockett would be interested. I think, that, I think, in all honesty, when they interviewed him, I think it was more of a courtesy interview than anything else. I don't think that they had him rated very high on their list for a head coaching position. Um, could I see them potentially saying that Tockett, if he doesn't get a head coaching job somewhere, would you be interested in being an assistant coach? Um, I think that's a, a potential thing, but if you're Rick Tockett, you give up the great gig you got on TNT right now um, with that studio show, which is doing really, really well for hockey, to just be an assistant coach for a rebuilding franchise. I, I don't necessarily know if I do. I think, I think Tockett would rather stick with TV in that case.
2: All right, Anthony Sanfilippo, uh, you have the 20 best calls yet to go. Uh, Jody uh, doesn't have that much faith in your own ability to do it, but I think we agree. So far, it's been good. I'm, I'm like a proud papa who didn't yeah. think his son was as good as he is. Okay, well, there you go. And I, I'm expecting – I and I know you don't want to give it away, but I'm expecting yeah. both Jimmy Rollins and um, – Matt Stairs are going to make my top five. Is that a fair fair guess? I will say this:
3: uh, you can you can you, you don't have to hold your uh, hold your breath on Monday to see those. They'll they'll, they'll both be in Tuesday. Yeah. Okay, oh, good. Well,
2: there oh, you go. Oh,
1: that works. Oh, 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 by the way, I'd bet more on Chase Utley, but that's just me.
2: Okay. World bleeping champions?
1: No, probably not. That no, no, but yes, no, no, I, no, know, no, I know. No, I know.
2: No. I know. Hey, Anthony, it's yeah. a pleasure. Thanks so much. Hey guys, anytime. Thanks for having me. Thanks. Right, right. See ya. Really good series that he's done on that thing. Really fun to watch.
1: Uh, and as I'm um, pimping Anthony, he goes out the door. That that had to take. He, he mentioned that he had like thirty four up the top. He said of his he put head. it together in a day. God bless. For me, that would be like three weeks of research and work to oh, get through and crowdsourcing. Man. Holy mackerel! Yeah, this is where I would use Twitter. Hey everybody!
2: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Please, I've written books that way. All right, uh, Jim in Phoenix, will hang in. We'll get you coming up on the other side. Um, and anybody else wants to call 215-592-9494. We'll get Jody's reaction to Tortorella being the lead candidate. I know how fond you are of him. Uh, and we look forward to talking to everybody. With Jody McDonald, I'm Glenn now. Are you tired of dealing with old, drafty windows and doors in your house? Maybe it's time you finally go guided. The great people at Guided Door and Window will help make your window and door replacement project more affordable with their buy one, get one half off sale. For every door window you buy, you get a second one at 50% off, and you can mix and match the savings to suit your own needs. Buy an entry door. Get half off a storm door. Buy a patio door. Get 50% off a window. If you need to replace all the windows and doors in your house, you can save 50% on half your project. The more you need, the more you save. Plus, Gaida is making it easier for you to afford your project with no money down and interest-free financing for up to 18 months. Act now. Offers limited time only. Restrictions apply. For full details, call Guida today. Schedule a free, no obligation in-home estimate at one eight seven seven. 877 go guida Or visit them at goaguida.com. That's go g-u-i-d-a.com.
0: T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.
2: Yes, I would say bring on training camp because minicamp was, uh, anyway, the sour sponsor. and you missed it. Yeah, that's exactly right, which Fletcher Cox certainly did. Does he? So... Well, hold on, let me say it, first do this. This hour is sponsored by Meridian Bank. Business banking at its best. Visit them at meridianbanker.com. Does Fle- does it bother you that Fletcher Cox showed up for only the last day?
1: And, oh, by the way, he said, I stuck my head in, uh, which means yes, he right, didn't get he a waves, whole lot of activity yeah. in, uh, but sat down for the media. And, oh, by the way, I did appreciate that because the offseason for Fletcher was kind of weird And I have to have some trust and faith in Howie Roseman and the fact that he plays the cap game as well as maybe any other general manager in football they release him they take the big cap hit but then they re-sign him for 14 million which is a pretty big number for a guy whose production has been coming back to the pack the last couple of years so i wanted to hear what fletcher had to say i didn't really put much light on it but at least i wanted to hear it from him rather than anybody else um so i would yeah i was glad that he came in stopped by showed his face But much like many of the other Eagles, didn't get a whole hell of a lot of football work done.
2: No, he did not. Let's get to Jim in Phoenixville. Good morning, Jim.
4: Good morning, Glenn. Good morning, Jody. uh, I'm a first-time caller. I I love listening to you guys. I've listened to you from way, way back in the day. I just want to say you guys are great on the radio together. It's always a pleasure to hear the two of you together.
2: Hold on. Thank you. Hold on one sec. Jody, do you get this a lot um, when people say, like, Oh gosh, I used to listen to you and Glenn when you were like when I
1: was in 4th grade. I uh, grew up with you guys. And for some reason and I think I know why but uh, more so than anything, the Berlin McDonald's. I came Not to the Berlin to McDonald's to yeah. see you guys back yeah, in the 90s. we kept that place open for a while. Yeah, we did.
2: <laughs> anyway, sorry Jim, go ahead.
4: That's all right. I was a lot older than 4th grade when I was listening yeah, to you guys, uh, but I get it. Sure. Um anyway, you guys were talking a little while ago about the sort of Glut of middle infielders the Phillies are going to have when everybody's healthy. Yeah. Um, and I just wanted to say about that, I think, you know, unfortunately, I'd have to say that Didi is going to be the guy that ends up being the odd man out eventually, you know, for the Phillies. Um, just, I, I think long-term, they just can't depend on him to stay healthy. And they're better is off it, going with the other guys. Joe, do you know his contract? Is it a, yeah, is this it is his last year. year. This is yeah. It, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and... The other thing is uh, I had a story I wanted to relate to Glenn about about Ray Dittinger. Um mm-hmm. I wanted I saved it to call in uh for an appropriate time and I thought his retirement after his retirement would would be a good time because he I met Ray once at a book signing and told him he had to tell this story and he didn't want to. <laughs> okay, <laughs> so good. Well, let's tell it. I honored that until he retired and now I thought maybe it's a good time. Okay. Um, it's actually a story that's told by Gene Collier, so you guys know Gene The columnist from the Pittsburgh. The Pittsburgh uh, writer, yeah. He tells a story about way, way back in the day uh, when he and Ray were both beat writers covering the NFL. Um, They were at the NFL draft one year, and all the reporters were just hanging out before the draft, bored out of their skull back then because it wasn't as big a deal as it is today, Mm -hmm. um, trying to kill time. And someone came up with the idea that to have a mock draft. And the rules of the mock draft were that you could draft anyone from human history. Oh, that's fun. So they drew straws to see who, you know, the order of the draft, you know, what the order would be. Mm-hmm. Ray Dittinger gets the first pick in the mock draft where he can draft anyone who ever lived. Ooh. So
2: hold on. Do you... hold on. You go Einstein, you go Jesus, you go...
4: Okay, yeah, go ahead. So Ray Dittinger gets up you know, at the lectern they had with a microphone, and he, he gets up there and he says, the Philadelphia Eagles, with the first pick of the NFL draft, select from the University of Pennsylvania, offensive lineman Ben Franklin. Uh- <laughs> Actually, it's a good pick. Uh, I that love that his pick. pick. And, his, 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 you know, and they said, Ray, you can draft anyone who ever lived, and you pick Ben Franklin. Why? He said, Well, you know, if you're building a team, you've got to start, you know, with great line play. You need a good offensive line. I thought he's a big guy, moves well. You could
2: build a country around this guy. You could. It, Jim, <laughs> I got to run, but I love that. And by the way, I saw a thing on Ben Franklin recently, Jody. He, he may be the smartest person in human history. He invented everything: he invented glasses, he invented electricity, he invented uh, statesmanship. I don't
1: argue it. And he used to hang in places that you and I probably hang now, but I think they yeah. probably changed since uh, Ben hung there. Brewed and his so. own beer. <laughs> <laughs> that's one get... thing that Glenn Macknow was followed in his footsteps that's exactly at.
2: exactly right. Got to respect that. All right, Jody. I need Jody McDonald music critic here for a moment, if I may. Fair and enough. you and I used to argue music back in the day. We uh, had some different choices, and that's, that's cool. I don't know but how you I... feel. I never, I
1: never saw the the monkeys, uh, Jimi Hendrix open up for the monkeys. I, so you I, do have that over me. I got to give you props for that. that one.
2: That is a true story. Um, I saw when I was a, a kid. It was my sister, older sister's birthday, and so the birthday party was. We went to a monkeys concert. It was pretty cool. With my parents, when you think about that, right? Yes. Uh, it was Miami Beach of all places. We were down there visiting my grandparents. I think it was June. I don't remember. It was around this time of year. I went to the concert and i'm 10 11 i don't know the opening act is some guy named hendrix <laughs> and he's playing these songs with the, car, the guitar with his teeth and lighting the guitar on fire and he's way above this audience of teeny boppers that you could imagine would see the monkeys That's and funny. it's like i didn't appreciate it at the moment but i went on to appreciate it a little more anyway um, and I got to meet Mickey Dolans a couple of years ago at, at um Citizens Bank Park, and I mentioned this story to him, and he said that the monkeys and Jimi Hendrix really struck a great friendship during that tour, and really liked each other and respected each other. He said, but our audience didn't understand Hendrix at all, so he yeah. left after about a half a dozen concerts. But that's not what I want to go. I want to go Coldplay. Are you a fan of Coldplay? I like to play
1: stuff, sure. Okay,
2: clocks. or La
1: Vida Loca.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. V- uh, Viva La Vida. I don't know. Viva Whatever. La Vida. Viva, La, Viva La Vida. There you go. Uh, this this story has gotten around. Uh, they were in town uh, the other night, and Lincoln Financial Field. You know, they 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 get a crowd, and um, Chris Martin, I guess he's their lead songer, decided let's connect with the local audience, and here's what they performed. Bye.
0: Fly. Score a,
5: One, two, three. a, a watch
1: our fly.
2: Uh, that's, that's, so fly. Yeah. Um, I have mixed feelings but I, I'll let you go first on this if you would.
1: I give them an A for thought process. Because, and Glenn, you and I have both been in town a long time now, uh, 30-plus now years for me, more than that for you, because you got here before I did. And one thing that has not changed from the day that I moved to Philly in 1990 to today, sucking up to the hometown crowd always scores points. (laughs) It's whether you are an athlete or a manager or a executive uh, 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 talk or a show host sure. talk show host uh, or a it. visiting musical act sucking up that home crowd the hometown crowd works here in Philadelphia but you got to be good at it and that just wasn't very good <laughs> execution they get like a D yeah attitude
2: a execution D yeah I'm exactly the same place which is I admire it. When when a band comes in, you you can often see certain things. Like somebody will give them a Flyers jersey, and so the the guy will wear, hey, I saw Mick Jagger perform in town in a Kelly Green Eagles jersey, right? And everybody nice. loved that, right? You love that. Or you just get the obligatory, hello, Philly. Ah! Actually, one saw a guy say the wrong city, which was pretty no. funny. Oh, yeah. How you doing, Cleveland? It's like, eh, you're a couple hundred miles away. That was oh, last night. You, you know where they
1: played the night before.
2: Right. That's it. And I understand because they go in different city every night, but get it right. So they went beyond that and tried to learn the song, and at least they got the lyrics. Um, so I don't want to kill them too much, but if you're going to do it, it's a fight song. It's upbeat. It's not a slow, ballad dirge. <laughs>
4: G-M-A-N-S-E-G-O!
1: Yeah, no. Okay, take the energy out of the room. Yeah, they had no idea. That's someone suggesting it to them, telling them what the words are. Can we get 20 minutes of practice in on this, and let's do it the way Coldplay would do it. No, 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 no. This is the Eagles' fight song. You have yeah. to do it the way Eagle fans do it, not the way Coldplay would do it if you're going to do it here in Philadelphia. Yeah, I'm with you. you give the points for the
2: – what's the word I want to use on this? I don't know. B- trying, but uh, really bad on the execution. So, <laughs> yeah, okay. not good. By the way, so the uh, last caller mentioned Ray. Ray has a book signing today that I'm happy to plug for him at the Barnes & Noble in Broomall. actually from 1 to 3. Right. I guarantee you, Ray is already there, already signing books. And the thing about when you do a book signing with Ray, Jody, you've seen his handwriting, correct?
1: Mm, I are you talking signature or are you yeah, talking any, uh, any of his handwriting? The, the yellow certainly? yellow uh, notebook pad.
2: Twelve years of Catholic school, perfect penmanship, <laughs> right? <laughs> and he his signature is this work of art. But it takes about five minutes for him to sign it. So we've done book signings together, and the line is always held up where Ray has to – I mean, he spends three minutes dotting the I. But – Go to go out to Lawrence Park Shopping Center. Find him at the Barnes & Noble. He will sign your book. All right, All right coming so, up. So I took yeah. a
1: shot at Anthony Sanfilippo. You took yes. a shot at Ray Dinger. Yeah, I want well. that on the record. Yeah. We each took a shot at somebody today. I got Sanfilippo. You got Dinger.
2: Yeah, I poked at God, so I'm in more trouble <laughs> than you. That's for sure. <laughs> 215-592-9494. Coming up, we'll preview tomorrow's show and find out what we forgot to talk about today. We'll sneak in a caller too. At two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four, he is Jody McDonald. I'm Glenn Macnow now on ninety four WIP, and it's time for me to talk to you about United Tires. uh except for I cannot find the read, but I will. Uh, hold on a second. And for me, here we go. Thank you. Before you head out on that summer road trip, I got to put this in a better place. Before you head out on that summer road trip, head into United Tire to get those tires checked and save big all summer long with great deals on BF Goodrich and Michelin. It's the perfect time to save on safety and to get your vehicle ready for fun summer adventures with the family. Start your summer off right and make sure those tires are ready for drives down the shore before those summer road trips are in your rearview mirror. Get to United Tire. Remember, don't drive alone, drive United. Jody McDonald, Glenn Mac now, 94 WIP. This hour is brought to you by Meridian Bank, business banking and its best. Visit them at meridianbanker.com. Let me just give people a little preview of tomorrow, uh, which will be fun. Jody Mac, one of our guests tomorrow is Steve Jeltz. Uh, And I don't know about you. I have been having people clamoring to me to get Steve Jeltz on this radio station for years. Really? Yeah, so Ray and I did the um, Tell Us Your Story feature for a while where we would have Philadelphia sports legends come For a come
1: while? On. You guys did it for years. Don't undersell yourself. Yeah, well, we did 110
2: of them. Um, and, yeah, each one was an hour-long interview, and they were a lot of fun. And always when I would say, like, all right, this week we have, you know, Billy Cunningham. This week we have, you know, whomever. It's like, what are you going to get Steve Jeltz? And I always thought like, oh, they're just kind of pulling my leg. But there was always, like, a Steve, an active Steve Jeltz fan club. Uh, he was not the greatest player in the history of the franchise, as you remember. Um, but this week marked an anniversary that we're going to honor tomorrow in our Scheib Sports this week in Philadelphia sports history, which was a game against the Pirates. Anthony Sanfilippo referenced it earlier. Phillies are down 10 to nothing in the first inning uh, at home, at the Vet. Jim Rooker, who's the Pirates broadcaster, the color guy, says to the uh, play-by-play guy, hey, if we lose this game, I'm walking home, and I have it. We'll play it tomorrow. Phillies come back and win at 15-11. Steve Jeltz, who didn't start the game, and again, we'll talk to him about this tomorrow, Jody, hits home run left-handed and right-handed. Right. right? And uh, Von Hayes, I think, hits a few, and it ends up being this incredible game. And Jim Rooker, true to his word, he, well, he did not walk home from that game, but he sets up a thing, I guess, when the season ended for charity, where he walked from Philadelphia to Pittsburgh. So oh. uh, I, I checked in with Steve Jelts the other day. He's very eager to come on and tell his, his story, and we'll have him on as a guest. And I think what we'll do, Jody, because we have a prize to give away tomorrow, we'll celebrate, and I certainly don't want to criticize Steve Jelts. Who was your favorite Philadelphia player? I'll put it this way who was far from being a star.
1: Can I give you a quick story? Yeah. I was doing a uh, collector's uh, memorabilia uh, show here in Philadelphia. Shoot, it's got to be more than 10 years ago now. And I'm talking to the individual who's running it. Thanks for coming out. We broadcast live from there, blah, blah, blah. And he mentions to me that the most requested individual to get for this year in and year out is Tejito uh, Higuchi. And I go, excuse me? Yeah, I know him. And he goes, no, Tejito Higuchi is the one that I get the most correspondence on. Can you get him to come? Can you please bring him here? We want to see. And I'm going, what the heck are you talking about? He said, Jody, when they won the championship in 2008, a lot of the guys came back with the team the next year. We're still in baseball, whatever. People want an autographed baseball that includes all the members of the Phillies championship (laughs) team. (laughs) Yeah. And Tejito Iguchi went back to Japan after that season, so people have a ball that has every single player on it except Tejito Aguchi. Oh, that's so great. That's I great. just thought I, it made 100% sense after he told sure. me the story and explained it to me. I had not thought along those lines. Yeah, we're going to have to ask Steve Jeltz if he knows why he's got this fan club here yeah. in
2: Philadelphia. Anyway. So that'll be fun tomorrow. Let's find out from our producer, Kyle Quinn, what did we forget to talk about today?
5: All right, fellas. So uh, I'm glad I got you both here today because I want to get your thoughts on this. Uh, we haven't really had much of a chance to talk about the NBA Finals, guys. So uh, Steph Curry, 43 points last night, evens the Warriors with the Boston Celtics. It's now 2-2. Two to two. Heading back to the Bay Area, uh, really I just want to know if you guys think Boston's going to get number 18 or oh. if you think this Warriors dynasty is going to roll on.
2: It has been very back and forth, and some of the games not competitive at all, but an interesting series that doesn't really seem to have a flow to it. It's just every game is different. Jody, I'll let you pick the winner.
1: <sighs> I, much to the chagrin of Philadelphia fans, only we talked about this last week, the rivalry isn't what it used to be. I think it's going to be the Celtics because, as we've noted, there has not been a team win two games in a row yet, Yeah, which means the Celtics should win game five, and then the Warriors should win game six, and it's going back out to Golden State. You would think two out of three game series, two of them in Golden State, that makes them a a prohibited favorite except this series has proven that teams can win on the road. So, yeah, I think we're going seven, and the th- and it'll be a great game seven out in San Francisco.
2: Strike up the duck boats.
1: Okay, what's
2: next?
5: <laughs> All right, well, I guess it's only natural that I bring this one up next. Uh, does the name Anna Horford ring a bell
2: for of you, too? <laughs> oh, yeah, that's the sister, right? Yeah,
5: Al Horford's sister. Uh, oh, she's She's been around before. Uh, obviously had some choice words for the fans of Philadelphia, and if there was any wonder or any doubts that Al Horford was uh, here as a sleeper agent for the Boston Celtics a few years ago. (laughs) Those should all be erased because Anna Horford pretty much confirmed that their whole family had been rooting for Boston the entire time that they were in Philly because Philly fans are a bunch of bleepity bleeps. Yeah, uh, and
2: by the way, he chose to be here. That was not a trade. He signed here as a free agent. Uh, He was terrible. Uh, You know, you always hear what a miserable experience it was, but... um, he didn't produce, and she was a pain in the neck when, when he <laughs> was here. And uh, Jody, add whatever you like, but I, Anna, Anna Horford's got to go away.
1: Right, and if you've got no use for her, I'm perfectly fine with that. But I, Al Horford didn't bemoan his time here in Philadelphia. He didn't badmouth Philly as he went out the door. His family might, but he didn't, so I won't hold it against yeah, Al just, Horford. He for foolish poorly. Statements. He just stunk. Uh, well, uh, I think you and I discussed this on, on a show we've done together at some point. I, it was a bad signing. It wasn't his fault. He was given a mega contract, and he came in here, and it didn't fit. Didn't it fit. didn't work.
2: Yeah, it didn't the, fit with Embiid. The, the fit to
1: begin with was a mistake, uh, and it, people got too excited. Oh, we're going to have the best defensive team in the NBA. Not necessarily when you got two guys who do the same thing, play yeah, uh, but- around-the-rim defense. Please allow me to in,
2: to enjoy my hatred, Jody. Don't take that away from me. All, <laughs> All right. Nice, one nice. more.
5: Uh, I just think we, as sports fans, should stop paying attention to the siblings or family members of athletes. Well, because I mean, they're just know, irrelevant.
2: Get off Twitter then. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you're right. Okay.
5: <laughs> All right. Uh, last thing. You guys have been watching baseball a lot longer than I have. Maybe you guys can make this one make sense. Uh, a few days ago, Tony La Russa, the White Sox manager. Oh decided to walk Trey Turner as the count was already one and two, bringing up Max Muncie to the plate, who then proceeded to hit a three-run home run. Yeah. And uh LaRusa kind of doubled down on it after the game, but even that didn't make sense to me, so maybe you guys can uh, make it make sense.
2: Made no sense to me, Jody.
5: Hall of Fame manager
1: makes no sense whatsoever. Sorry, Tony. <laughs> it just uh, defies all baseball logic.
2: Yeah. Now, it, if you're going to walk him, walk him. If you have him one and two... And Larusa said, well, he's a really good two-strike hitter. <laughs> well, I, I don't know what you want your pitcher to do. I thought it was unfair to the pitcher. Right. Anyway. It makes
1: the pitcher look like an incompetent guy that you have no faith in. We yes. had faith that you could get two strikes, but that third strike, oh, you're not good enough to do that. Exactly. And, oh, by the way, he's got to come in and pitch for you two days later. Good luck with that, Tony.
2: Well said. All right. Great job, Kyle. Uh, Jody, I look forward to seeing you tomorrow morning. We'll be doing the show right up to uh, Philly's
1: Arizona Diamondbacks. I'll see you then, my friend. I will attempt to get my hair into jerry curls in honor of Steve Jeltz tomorrow.
2: Right? Oh, don't
1: have a lot to work with, but what little I do, I will try and get jerry curled. I'll look forward to seeing, seeing that.
2: Uh, stay tuned. Go Birds Radio is coming up with James and Elliot. We will be back tomorrow. Everybody have a great day. Stay tuned right here on 94 WI.